You're listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training, helping you guide your group through its study of the storyline of Scripture. Hey there, thanks for joining us for the weekly leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me is Ken Braddy. This week, we are wrapping up Unit 29 with Session 4, Living Out the Gospel of Jesus. So, as we focus in on James chapter 2, this is what your groups are going to learn, are going to see, that they're going to see that God justifies people by faith, not works. However, true faith is verified by works. So this is the faith versus works, um, faith and works session um, in our core of the core gospel mini-series that we have been focusing on for the last few weeks. Mm. It's been a great series. It's hard to believe, you know, that we're coming to the end of these four. Uh, these, honestly, Aaron, are, are four of some of my favorite lessons that I've ever seen in the Gospel Project. Just gospel-rich. I mean, what an incredible, uh, if your group's meeting weekly, you know, what an incredible month of being able to invite, you know, lost friends, family, people on the fringe, they will, there, there's just been no way that they could not have heard the gospel, you know, these last, this last month or so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so what would you say is a, um, what would you say is, is aside from the gospel itself, yeah. <laughs> um, is, a, is the most important takeaway from this particular session? I think this one, I'm going to use this phrase, I think this punches a, um, is punches a popular cultural idea smack in the face, Aaron, mm-hmm. and that is the fact that I can I can earn my way into heaven. Yes, that yes. I can do an, I can do enough things and somehow tip this giant scale in my favor uh, if I just pay my taxes, don't kill anybody, be a good father, you know, you know, don't kick the dog, that kind of thing. And oops, the scales tipped, I get into heaven. And I think that is a prevalent, prevalent idea out there it's a bad idea it's a it's a false idea yes but i i we've you and i have both seen the we've seen the reports from barna or the pew research people uh, that will tell us that even believers even christians will tell you that you can earn a spot in heaven and this is a great session to completely unravel that misconception. Oh, 100%. I mean as you were talking about that i kept thinking about uh, the sitcom the good place and, um, and I mean, it Never makes, seen it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's basically <laughs> what happens when, uh, four people show up in the afterlife and, uh, uh, <laughs> how, and did, how did I miss that one? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it, it kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but, um, I mean, it makes for great, it makes for great comedy, but not so great theology. So, um, <laughs> so thankfully we get the truth from God's word and not from yes. culture on things like this. So along with what you're saying, um, I would say that the that you know a super important takeaway from this session really is the relationship between faith and works that is central to this session. So something helpful for us to remember and um, and honestly, I can't remember who it was who said this first, so I'm not taking credit, but I am paraphrasing. Uh, is that we're not saved by our works, but we are saved to our works. Mm. Um, and so point one really drives this this home. You're going to spend a good chunk of time on on this kind of idea, and really through the whole session you are as well. 
Um, and I think it's going to be you're going to have some good discussion out of the question at the end of point one, which is uh, what are some actions or characteristics um, of those whose faith is dead? And so that's a bold question to, to be asking in a, mm-hmm. in a group um, because you have – you as the group leader – you have to keep this from going off the rails and turning into some kind of griping session where people are talking about um, talking about others in very in veiled specifics and gossiping and mm. sinning um, against everybody. Um, instead, there there's but as you have the, this discussion, there's much to be gained from focusing, on this question, really from a self-evaluation perspective, because that's the goal. The goal here is to look at ourselves and see, okay, is is my faith living? Yes. Am I what I say? I, am I what I think I am? And, and not in a um, unhealthy or unhelpful kind of um, navel-gazing sort of way, but in a way that makes us honestly wrestle with where we are with Jesus. I think that you have, I think, Aaron, that is the, I think, probably one of the central uh, outcomes of this lesson. If that could happen in our groups and we would all take a serious look uh, inside and uh, and then outside, you know, that this this could be one of those pivotal moments where the uh, our, our fellow believers have that aha moment mm-hmm. and they realize, you know, I've, I don't know, there may be. I, I'm, I'm not exhibiting, you know, the, the, the works that I should. And then that could lead them to have that internal conversation. Well, what does that mean exactly? Either I've just not been um, saved, but I've been lazy, or does this mean I've, I've never really experienced a life-changing salvation moment? That's why I don't have works. Yeah, Aaron, my, my dad, uh, I'm going to tell just a quick story. Yeah. My dad, uh, well, when I was about 17 years old, I noticed in the bookshelves in our living room, there were a lot of books, uh, you know, church books, like uh, commentaries and things. And I asked my mother one day, I said, what are all these books? Because my dad was not a church going fellow. And she said, well, those are your dad's books. And I said, his books from what? Because we had shelves full. And she said, well, let me tell you the story. And this was the first time that I found out that my dad was, he said, was called to ministry, went to seminary and graduated, but had a bad experience at a church and walked away, not only from church, that church, but he walked away from the Christian faith. And I did not have a dad that grew up uh, as I was a kid growing up. He didn't go to church, uh, except maybe on Christmas, maybe. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, if I look at my dad and we, my sister and I talked about this after he passed about eight years ago, um, you know, did dad, what, was he a believer? And Aaron, if I look at his works, there are none, mm. there are none. He didn't do anything for the church. There was no giving, there was no relationships. Uh, it was just this thing in his community that he drove past, you know? And so, um, I hope that if there are people, you know, like this in our groups that, you know, have maybe fooled themselves into thinking, hey, I'm comfortable, I'm good with God. I would say, let's look at this issue of what does, you know, what do our works prove? Well, they actually can be physical proof of this invisible faith. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and man, that is, that's a hard thing to wrestle with, to like, to even have to ask the question. Um, thanks for, thank you for sharing that. That, yeah, you know, that, Listeners, I hope that I hope that 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 really is um, a help to you because I mean, you know, thinking as a dad, um, 
that's something I hope my my kids never have to ask. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. You know, it's haunted. It's haunted me, Aaron. Yeah. You know that, uh, and and I know as as we have already you you already articulated extremely clearly. You know, our faith. I mean, our works don't save us. Yeah. But they do show something that we claim we have. You know. Yep. And I think that that's the important thing I think for us to look at and to say, you know, what is going on as a result of my the faith that I confess. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope our I hope our group members are able to say, well, there's a lot going on. I'm doing a lot for the Lord. I'm not doing it to earn salvation. That's already a settled issue, but I'm doing it because I love Jesus. I'm I'm thankful for a generous guy that saved me and rescued me and those kinds of things. I hope that's why we are doing the works that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and definitely. Not to, and not to earn his favor. Definitely. Definitely. Um, on that note, what, what do you see is um, a, as a potential challenge or issue that could come up in this session? You know, adults tend to have a problem, Aaron, with the concept of free. And it's probably, <laughs> probably because we've been we've been burned so often. You know, hey, there's no, we've learned as adults, hey, there's nothing free. What's the catch? But you know, if I were to offer an ice cream cone to your son or daughter, you know what they do? They take it. I just said, hey, look, here's some free ice cream. They go, hey, thanks, Mr. Ken, mm-hmm. and they would have no qualms about that. But life beats us up. And as adults, you know, we we kind of get to this point that we just kind of get a little jaded and say, ah. There's nothing free, but honestly, Aaron, the gospel salvation is the thing, the one thing in the world that is literally free to us. Now, I know it costs Jesus everything. I get that, Mm -hmm. but we don't have to perform to receive that. We just have to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, that we're sinful, that we uh, have offended a holy God, and then we can live uh, as righteous uh, children of our heavenly father slash king. Mm-hmm. And so I think that uh, when we talk about, you know, justification, uh, faith, salvation, all that being a free thing, some of our adult group members might might kind of raise the eyebrow if they're not believers just yet, you know, yep. and, and wonder, I just wonder where's the catch? And we need to help them with that. Yeah, it is the only free lunch you're going to get. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly right. And I think, the, I think the other big issue that we've already really talked about, so I'm not going to belabor it, but that is this cultural idea that you can earn your way into heaven. It's so prevalent. I mean, you see it in books, movies, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, that's just the common, the common thought. And, and we, I think that if we could just help our group members acknowledge that as they walk out the door, that they really do swallow that hook and they really do believe there is nothing I can do. There's no amount of money I can put in the offering plate. There is no amount of perfect attendance I can give at church. Mm-hmm. There's no amount of mission trips I can go on. Uh, none of that is going to get me closer to heaven. It is It is literally Jesus' free offer. That's it. Yeah. And if that's what my group members walked out of this session with, I'd be super happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think another thing that uh, that group leaders are going to be want to be watchful for is the potential for uh, the the Paul versus James uh, type of discussion popping up. Yes. Um, it yeah. is the the it is a much bigger issue than Batman versus Superman um, right there. But <laughs> I get that reference, by the way. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, but, you know, too often people act as though James is teaching something contrary to, to Paul, that that the two are in opposition. And I mean, even if you look at history, Martin Luther wrestled wrestled with with this in the Reformation era. He wasn't sure that even that if James was inspired. Um, right. He came around, 
and realize that that yes, it in fact it is. But it but it took some earnest wrestling for him. Um, and so something for us to remember is that that is a perspective on James, which it, which it's sometimes helpful to think about James as um, essentially the New Testament equivalent of Proverbs. And by that, what I mean is is that it is a book that is filled with practical wisdom. And all of it is an inf- is informed by and infused with the gospel. The two are not separate. It is the book that is about how to live out your faith, less than what is your faith founded upon. Exactly. Boy, you've, you've summed it up well. <laughs> awesome. All right. I'm glad for no heresy today. So... <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So, uh, so Ken, what would what would be one final encouragement for leaders? Well, I think an encouragement for leaders is that we've got one final opportunity in this series, at least, uh, to clearly explain the gospel, and that it you know we're saved without any work on our part, and uh, that once uh, we are saved, that there is there should be this this identifiable physical expression of our faith i think that was james point you know uh you know i'll show you my works to prove my faith Mm -hmm. you know and so the physical uh you know proves the invisible and so i i would want my my group members to you know to ask themselves that question you know what have you done for god lately you know uh, how are you serving and and how deep is that part of your discipleship walk at this moment and for some of our folks maybe it's not and so uh, just to gently encourage them uh, to look for ways to express their gratitude for their salvation uh, as they use their spiritual gifts uh, in the church to uh, serve their fellow believers. And then the church you know, becomes that body of Christ that serves the community and the gospel is advanced. And so that's, I think, one of those things that I would want to encourage group leaders to uh, to think about uh, honing in on there before the session's over at some point. Totally, totally. And, you know, a great way to do that is for you as a group leader to actually um, call out some places in your group members' lives where you've seen them living yes. out their faith. And so something we do at, uh, something we do in my, in, in my community group, actually, is uh, we have this time that we call honor time, and so it's built out of uh, out of Romans twelve, out, outdo one another and showing honor, and um, and so what we're just trying to do is we're trying to show people this is how we see God at work in you, and often it's how it's displayed in what we do, um, and and so that's a really that can be a really helpful approach for your group members to to hear that from you as a leader. So, uh, so, uh, Ken, I think that's, uh, probably, probably about, uh, all we've got for this, for this time around. I so. tell you, I'm, 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 I'm just thrilled, you know, that, uh, that our group leaders have had, uh, this last month to focus in on, uh, you know, the issue of the gospel, the salvation, I know the gospel project does that, mm-hmm. obviously it's kind of the, the, the vibe of this particular curriculum series, but it's almost like we have really zoomed in these last four weeks. And uh, like Aaron said, you know, in the last episode, uh, we would love to hear from you. If mm-hmm. uh, there are some good things taking place, you're seeing some 
people come to the Lord, if people are getting some things right in their, their walk, you know, with the Lord, uh, with this issue of uh, faith and works, uh, that would be wonderful to hear mm-hmm. how God is moving in your group. So, Aaron, how would they get a hold of us to tell us that? Yeah, best way to get us is uh, to email us at thegospelproject at lifeway.com. Um, we will read every single one of those. We can't always promise that we'll respond to everyone, but but we will definitely read and rejoice over every every bit of good news that we get to see. Cool. So, um, Ken, uh, thanks for chatting about this. This was this was great. I appreciate the invitation, Aaron. Thankful for your leadership role at Lifeway and what you do for the Gospel Project, uh, because it is affecting millions of people, and uh, that's that's great work. So thank you for for your service. Well, it is a it is a pleasure to to serve alongside you. So uh, thank you all for uh, listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you guide your group through this session, visit gospelproject.com.